0: The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 204 Saul Meets Peter News of the Holy Spirit being poured out on Cornelius' household arrived in Jerusalem before Peter did. It was a stupendous event, a memorable day for all Gentiles, and people had rushed to spread the news in Jerusalem. The apostles and their immediate families who stayed behind, plus all the brethren in Judea, were thrilled to hear that the Gentiles in Caesarea understood the word of God. They looked forward to Peter's account of the event. When Peter and six of the brethren from Joppa accompanying him arrived in Jerusalem, he discovered that not all of the new believers agreed with what he had been a part of in Caesarea. Jerusalem's apostles told Peter that a group of believers who were devoted to the covenant of the circumcision and the laws of ritual purity wanted to meet with Peter. Of course, he wanted to give them all the facts of what had taken place at the home of Cornelius. He asked to be allowed to rest from his journey. John helped organize a meeting for the next day. The next morning, when Peter entered the meeting room, the atmosphere was tense. The six Joppa brethren were already in the meeting. He went to the front of the room, smiling warmly, and asked all to bow their heads. He prayed that God would be present at this important meeting and bring about loving unity among the members. Peter was not surprised. That what happened in Caesarea bothered some. After praying, he looked over the group and invited them to say what was on their minds. You went into the home of a man who was
1: uncircumcised and you dined with his household. The leader of the group stated indignantly. Please let me explain what happened from the beginning. Peter requested
0: calmly. He knew that Jesus Christ had arranged the details of the event. Now, Everyone needed to understand what their lord and
1: master had done. While I was praying in the city of Joppa, I fell into a trance and had a vision. He began. I saw something coming down from heaven. It looked like a large sheet being lowered by its four corners. It stopped next to me. I looked closely inside and saw domesticated and wild animals, reptiles, and wild birds. Peter could see that he had everyone's full attention. Then I heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. But I said, Certainly not, Lord. No unclean meat or defiled food has ever entered my mouth. A few gasped at Peter being asked to eat unclean meat. The voice spoke again from heaven, Do not consider anything unclean that God has declared clean. Peter continued, This happened three times, and finally the whole thing was drawn back up into heaven. Peter saw that some had perplexed looks on their faces. At that very moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where I was staying. He explained, The Spirit told me to go with them without hesitation. These six fellow believers from Joppa accompanied me to Caesarea, and we all went into the house of Cornelius. God's chief apostle
0: showed all at the meeting that he had obeyed what the Spirit had told him to do. He had not acted on his own.
1: Cornelius told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, Send someone to Joppa for a man named Simon Peter. He will speak words to you by which you and all your family will be saved. Peter continued, And when I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came down on them, just as it did upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It is clear that God gave those 75 Gentiles the same gift that he gave us when we believed the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I then to try to stop God? Peter asked with all
0: sincerity. As he finished speaking, he could feel the tension leave the room. The people who had been critical of Peter changed their wrong attitudes immediately. They began praising God.
1: Then God has given to the Gentiles also the opportunity to repent and live.
0: The leader of the group said. For a while, this problem was solved. However, before long, it would trouble God's church again. Saul opened his eyes, lit a candle, and jumped up from his bed. Even though it was still dark outside of his rented house, it was time to begin this important day. He was returning to Damascus. He was both anxious and excited. He was anxious over what he had
2: originally intended to do there. He shuddered at the thought. I was actually determined to continue killing Christ's followers in any city I found them. He said out loud.
0: The candle flickered, moved by his breath. But he was excited about what he hoped to accomplish. He wanted to deliver Christ's message to the Jews in Damascus. He had just three years of personal teaching from Jesus Christ. Just as with Saul's twelve predecessors... Christ had opened his mind to spiritually understand the scriptures he had so faithfully studied from his youth. Now he had an abundance of revelation, directly from Jesus Christ. Saul had come to understand the greatness of the gift of the Holy Spirit. In fact, he never could have understood what Christ taught him without it. He wanted that gift to be given to every human being. Jews and Gentiles. Saul felt fully prepared to begin the commission Christ had set out for him. Jesus explained that he would begin in a small way and have to grow to take on more challenging tasks. When God works through human beings, it always starts small. Saul was eager to start. He felt so fulfilled and happy. This soldier of Jesus Christ fell to his knees and thanked God for his new way of life. He prayed for protection on his journey to Syria and for success in Damascus. He also prayed for all the families he had wrecked as a result of his misguided persecution. Saul sighed deeply with regret. When a rooster crowed, he looked up and saw the first light of a beautiful sunrise. He finished his prayer, washed his face, combed his hair, ate a nourishing breakfast, bid goodbye to his landlord, and took one last look at the rocks of Arabia. It was time to get walking to his new future. Saul planned to arrive in Damascus by midweek. This would give him time to find lodging with the disciples who knew him and to learn the locations of the many synagogues throughout the city. On his trip back to Damascus, Saul planned to visit different synagogues each Sabbath to preach the gospel. As he walked through Damascus' gates, he reflected back seeing the bright and blinding light, hearing Christ's voice, meeting Ananias, being baptized, and receiving the Holy Spirit.
2: What a time that was for me,
0: he thought. Saul was greeted warmly by Ananias and the other disciples. He told them what he had been doing in Arabia. All the disciples paid wide-eyed attention as this miraculously changed man told them about his time of instruction, his study of the scriptures, and the hours of meditation he devoted to grasping the deepest mysteries Christ unlocked for him. Saul also told them of his plans to visit the synagogues of Damascus. Ananias and the disciples assured him that he had their full support. On his first Sabbath back in this famous city, Saul went to visit a synagogue. He was a changed man, and even physically, he did not look the same as he had three years ago. When he had the opportunity, this deeply converted former Pharisee preached to them about Jesus Christ, his ministry, his gospel of the kingdom of God, his execution his resurrection from the dead, and what Christ was then doing from God's throne in heaven. He continued preaching in different synagogues each Sabbath day. It didn't take the leaders of the synagogues long to realize Saul was causing them serious problems. Isn't this the man who disturbed our synagogues about three years ago? One Jewish leader asked. Yes. He replied and we still cannot disprove what he teaches. To stop Saul, they plotted to kill him. Saul learned that angry Jews were lying in wait for him. They had posted strong men at the gates to prevent him from escaping Damascus. They thought he would be easy to catch. Not so. Though on guard, Saul did not worry. When it was safe, On a dark, moonless night, the disciples lowered him down the city walls in a basket. He hurriedly waved goodbye to the loyal disciples and ran into the cover of darkness. Once he was far from the outskirts of the city, Saul slowed his pace. He was happy that things had gone well in Damascus. The number of disciples had grown as a result of his preaching in the synagogues. He especially felt honored that he, the persecutor, had become the persecuted for the sake of Jesus Christ. From his time with Christ, Saul knew he had to meet with Peter.
2: What time could be more appropriate than now?
0: He thought... So he determined to return to Jerusalem. It would likely be a dangerous journey, but he knew he was under Christ's protection. Doing his part to stay clear of danger, he remained alert and traveled when the road was least busy. As he walked south, he had much to think about. It had been more than three years since he had last been in the holy city, On his last day there, he was planning how to capture and slaughter the disciples. On his first day back, he would need to join his brothers in Christ. Saul suspected he would face difficulties there. The stoning of Stephen flashed immediately to mind. This happened often with Saul. He would never forget Stephen's calmness while being stoned, or his prayer for his persecutor's forgiveness. Saul had been greatly impacted by Stephen's description of seeing Jesus just before his death. Now Saul had seen him too. He sighed deeply. He regretted his approval of Stephen's execution. He looked forward to meeting and talking with the young martyr in the resurrection. After about seven days of travel, Saul passed through the gates of Jerusalem.
2: What an incredible place, he thought. Beginning with Abraham and Isaac, so much has happened here.
0: With hopeful courage, he set out to locate Peter and the disciples. Saul walked up to one of the disciples' homes. Greeted by a man at the gate, he introduced himself.
2: Hello, I'm a disciple from Damascus. How may I find Simon Peter? What is your name? The disciple asked suspiciously. I am Saul. He said a little nervously. May I come in and talk with you? The disciple panicked in fear. Saul of Tarsus? The disciple yelped. Yes, I am Saul of Tarsus. He replied respectfully. I remember the widespread destruction you caused the followers of Jesus. He said... Please, go away. But I'm also a follower of Jesus now. Saul replied with earnestness. I would need to hear that from one of the apostles before I would
0: ever let you into my home. The disciple replied, dismissing Saul. Saul was not surprised by the disciple's reaction. He turned and walked to the street. Soon, he noticed a friendly-looking man walking toward him. Greetings, the man said with a smile.
2: I am Joseph, but my close friends call me Barnabas. Is there anything I can help you with?
0: Saul recognized instantly that this man was a disciple and a leader full of concern for others. He had no fear to tell this
2: man his history. I am Saul of Tarsus. He began slowly and earnestly. I'm sure you've heard of me,
0: he said with watery eyes. Barnabas was shocked. Of course, he knew about Saul and what had taken place in Jerusalem and Damascus over three years ago. However, just recently, he had heard of Saul again, that Saul had returned to Damascus and was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in the synagogues of that city.
2: Yes, I know you, Barnabas said with a huge smile. You who once persecuted us are now a disciple? That is exciting news. Where have you been for three years? How much time do you have? Saul responded. I have all morning, responded Barnabas. There is an inn just around the corner. We could have something to eat and drink.
0: At the inn, Saul explained many details of his time in Arabia And recently, in Damascus, Barnabas hung on to every word. I need to meet and talk with Peter. Saul said finally. Barnabas had not yet had an opportunity to tell the apostles the news of Saul's conversion. There would be a lot to tell. He took Saul to his home so he could rest and refresh himself after his long journey to Jerusalem. He then hurried off to arrange a meeting between Peter and Saul. Later that day, Barnabas was excited to tell Saul that Peter would meet with him on the morrow. Saul slept deeply but awakened early eager to meet Simon Peter. He had much to learn and much to discuss. While praying, Saul thanked God for Barnabas. Saul did not think it coincidence that they had met. He was certain Jesus had worked it out. He could not think of a better person to introduce him to Christ's chief apostle. As they walked toward Peter's residence, Barnabas noticed that Saul had a serious look on his face. He could tell Saul was deep in
2: thought and somewhat troubled. Are you all right this morning? He asked with concern. I really want this meeting to go well. Saul responded. I know that I caused much trouble for Peter and the other apostles three years ago. He added with a tone of regret. A man has to face his own history, he thought. We all serve the same Lord,
0: Barnabas said.
2: I'm sure things will work out just fine.
0: Entering Peter's home, Barnabas took the lead and introduced Saul to Peter. Of course, the beginning of the meeting was somewhat tense, considering Saul's history. However... Barnabas stepped up and told the apostles what he knew about Saul's conversion at Damascus and what Saul had boldly accomplished recently among the Jews there. They quickly saw that Saul was a changed man and had become a valuable ally in the work of God. Saul spent 15 days with Peter, during which he also met James, the Lord's brother, They had long and detailed discussions. The other apostles were not in Jerusalem at this time, but Saul was able to spend much time interacting with the other disciples there. While in Jerusalem, Saul also visited the synagogues of the Grecians. Like Stephen before him, he disputed with them concerning the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. The Jews could not refute his teaching, but rather than accepting it, they wanted to silence it. They began plotting to kill him. One day, when Saul was praying in the temple, he fell into a trance and saw Jesus Christ speaking to him. Hurry and leave Jerusalem quickly because the people here will
2: not
1: accept your witness
2: about me. Jesus commanded, Lord, Saul answered, They know well that I went to the synagogues and arrested and beat those who believe in you. And when your witness, Stephen, was put to death, I myself was there approving of his murder and taking care of the cloaks of his murderers. He continued with great sorrow. Go, Jesus said to Saul, For I will send you far away to the Gentiles.
0: Saul came out of the trance and rushed out of the temple. He sought protection among the disciples when he told them about the vision. The disciples, including Barnabas, accompanied him to Caesarea to ensure his safety. They sent him to Tarsus on a boat to get him far away from the Jews in Jerusalem. Saul still had much work to do for God and Christ. Spending some time in the city of his birth would give him the opportunity to grow stronger spiritually while protecting him from those who wanted to kill him. As Saul departed, he had a strong feeling that he would see Barnabas again. Time proved that the persecution that began with the preaching of Stephen was a key element in spreading the gospel far beyond Jerusalem. Within three years, those scattered had gone as far west as Cyrene, Libya, and Phenis on the island of Crete. They also went as far north as the island of Cyprus and Antioch in Syria. These scattered brethren preached only in the synagogues of the Jews. The greatest growth in all of these areas was at Antioch. The work there was growing so rapidly that some of the leading men from Cyprus and Cyrene came to help preach at the synagogues of the Grecians. The power of God was with them, and many repented and began to follow Jesus Christ. A message about what was happening in Antioch reached the apostles in Jerusalem. It was decided that Barnabas, who had proved himself to be a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, would go to Antioch to see what should be done. Barnabas was excited. His heart pounded for joy at the opportunity. He rushed off to Antioch. After arriving in Antioch and meeting the large number of disciples there, Barnabas witnessed the great flood of grace that God had poured out on the city. The congregation grew quickly and he realized that the area needed mature ministerial help. An amazing thought flashed in his mind.
2: Go find Saul. If Saul comes to Antioch, we can work together as a team,
0: he thought. Barnabas quickly made plans to travel to Tarsus to find Saul. However, before he departed, he gave a stirring sermon, encouraging and exhorting the brethren to cleave to Jesus Christ. He reminded the disciples that they needed to be praying, studying, and serving each other daily until he returned. It would take nearly three weeks of walking to reach Tarsus. Barnabas would be away from Antioch for over a month. This would be a good test of the members' faith and spiritual endurance. It was not difficult to find Saul in Tarsus. Saul had been born into a well-known family in one of the great Greek cities of the world at that time. His father was a strict Jew, a Hellenist, a Roman citizen, and a leading citizen of Tarsus. Saul's family was one of influence and position. He had followed in his father's footsteps with one exception. Saul had been born a Roman citizen. His father likely received his citizenship by purchasing it. Barnabas knew this history of Saul and used it to locate him quickly. When Saul saw Barnabas standing at the gate, he was filled with joy. What brings you to Tarsus? He shouted with excitement. I came for you, Barnabas replied. Saul opened the gate and gave Barnabas a hearty handshake. A brotherly embrace. Why do you come for me? He asked curiously.
2: There is much to tell you about.
0: The weary traveler explained as they retired to Saul's home. As soon as Saul heard the marvelous news of what was taking place in Antioch, he immediately prepared to leave Tarsus and return with Barnabas. The two men spent a year together with the brethren in Antioch. They taught many people. The congregation thrived under their joint leadership and direction. Even the people in the city took notice of the love and brotherhood of the disciples. The citizens of Antioch were the first to call them Christians. It was also at this time that prophets from Jerusalem came to visit the brethren in Antioch. Agabus, led by the Holy Spirit, prophesied that there would be a great famine throughout the world. This famine came to pass at the time of Claudius Caesar. The members of Jerusalem were hit hard by the famine. All the brethren in Antioch, who had the means, sent food to Jerusalem to protect the members from starvation. Barnabas and Saul took the provisions to the Jerusalem Church. Throughout their ministry, Saul and Barnabas would take up offerings for needy congregations. When Jesus Christ called and converted Saul, no other Pharisaic leader continued to persecute God's people. However, Around the same time Barnabas and Saul were working in Antioch, Herod Agrippa began to persecute the church in Jerusalem. He killed James, the apostle John's brother, with the sword. This heinous act pleased Jerusalem's Jews. So Herod decided to go after Simon Peter also. During the Days of Unleavened Bread... Herod had Peter arrested and jailed. He put Peter under the guard of 16 of his loyal and mighty soldiers. It was Herod's plan to make a mockery of Peter with a public trial after the Holy Day season ended. Yet Simon Peter was not afraid. He remained patient in his faith to be delivered from this trial. The members of the Jerusalem congregation prayed urgently for Peter's release from prison and from the wily Herod. It was not long before those prayers were answered. The night before Peter's trial, God's chief apostle, bound by two chains, was sleeping between two guards. Guards were also stationed at the doors of the jail. Suddenly, a magnificent angel of the Lord stood next to the sleeping apostle. Peter was so peacefully asleep that he did not awaken. The angel shook him by the shoulder. Peter woke Ah. up and was stunned at the sight of this glorious angelic being. Hurry, get get up, the angel said. Peter jumped to his feet. The chains fell off his hands. Tighten Tighten your your belt and and put put on on your sandals, sandals. the angel said. Still a little blurry-eyed, Peter obeyed. Put 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 your your cloak around you you and come come with with me. me, the angel commanded. Peter followed the angel out of his cell, down the hallway, and right out of the prison. It was so easy. He wondered if he might be dreaming. Peter and the angel passed by the first guard station. No one noticed them. Then they passed the second guard station again. No one noticed them or tried to stop them. Then the two, one angel and one man, came to the iron gate that led to the city. The gate opened for them by itself, and they went out. The gate closed behind them. The angel led Peter down a street, and then suddenly
1: disappeared. Now I know this is really happening. Peter exclaimed under his breath. The Lord sent his angel to rescue me from Herod's power, and from everything the Jews expected to happen to me, he thought.
0: He decided to go to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, and relative of Barnabas. There was sure to be a gathering
1: of disciples praying for him there. They need to know that I am free and safe, he whispered.
0: Arriving at Mary's home, Peter knocked at the outside door, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer it. She recognized Peter's voice and was so happy that she ran back in and announced that Peter was standing outside. In her enthusiasm, she had forgotten only one thing—to open the door for Peter— The disciples, hearing Rhoda's report, couldn't believe it. You have gone crazy, they told her.
1: I'm not crazy,
0: she insisted.
1: It is true, he's knocking on the outside door.
2: Then it must be his angel,
0: they responded. A little amused by Rhoda's absent-mindedness, Peter kept knocking. At last, the disciples came and opened the door. When they saw Simon Peter, they were amazed and began talking and laughing loudly. Peter put his fingers to his mouth for them to be quiet. He told them the exciting details of how the
1: Lord's angel had miraculously brought him out of the prison. Tell this to James, the Lord's brother and the rest of the believers, he said, then he left and went elsewhere in order to keep
0: everyone safe. When morning came, there was a tremendous bewilderment among the guards. Where was Peter? Herod commanded his men to search for Peter, but they could not find him. He then interrogated the guards. Receiving no satisfactory answers, he had them killed. After this, Herod left Judea and spent some time in Caesarea. He was disappointed he could not be able to please the Jews by executing Peter. Herod was an evil man. One of his best friends was the notoriously evil Roman emperor Caligula. God was not pleased with Herod's murder of James, the brother of John, and his attack on Peter. Even though he knew the scriptures, he did not give God the honor he deserved. However, he highly honored himself. His days were numbered. After a supposed insult against his person, Herod became furious with the people of Tyre and Sidon, Since they were not under his jurisdiction, the only way he could retaliate was to go to war against them. The people of Tyre and Sidon learned of Herod's plans and became afraid. Being small cities, they imported most of their food from Herod's region. If war broke out, they knew he would cut off their food supplies so they sent ambassadors to make peace with him. First, they convinced Blastus, the man in charge of the palace, to help them. Then they went to Herod and asked for peace. Surprisingly, Herod reconciled with Tyre and Sidon. God was protecting the disciples who lived in those areas. The day after this near calamity, Herod put on his royal robes, sat on his throne, and made a speech to the people. He told them why he was such a great peacemaker. He bragged about his great kindness and how it was easy for him to forgive and forget. He wanted to hear the people praise him because he considered himself a god-like ruler, Herod was such a needy man that wanted all the attention on himself.
1: It is a man speaking, god. The
0: people shouted. Herod swelled with self-pride when he heard the people yelling out praise for him. He felt worshipped, but God put an end to his charade. God was watching the whole spectacle. It angered him how Herod was passing himself off as something more than human, soaking in the idolatrous adulation of the people. He ordered an angel to show the people just how mortal Herod was. At once, the angel struck Herod down. The people gasped. If this were not shocking enough, he was immediately set upon by worms and died a grisly and ignominious death. It was an unforgettable display of just how passionately God hates vanity and idolatry. With Herod removed from the scene, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had a time of peace. Through the help of the Holy Spirit, it was strengthened and grew in numbers as it lived in reverence for the Lord. The word of God continued to spread and grow. Barnabas and Saul finished their mission and returned from Jerusalem, taking John Mark, Barnabas's nephew, with them.